This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs> if you could just see the action here in the locker room as the ninja Jacob is like moving with cat-like stealth and quickness in between the studio and the producing room or the engineering room, whatever we call that over there. That's, that was pretty quick. Jacob, I got to tell you something, man. You were moving, buddy. That was, you know, you got to watch out those ninjas, man. They strike when you least expect it. And boom. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's had a couple of espresso beans this morning. Just, uh, that, was, that was pretty, pretty quick. He might, be quick. One, he might be one giant espresso bean. That's what he might yeah. be, man. <laughs> oh, that was quick. That was good. Way to go. He gets us going here in the morning. Well, my friend, it's good to see you. You know, I woke up this morning. I started thinking about, you know, where the Steelers are, what's going on, and everything else. But one of the first things I, I read as is, is, is I get into this thing is I'm reading about Robert Sala, you know, the head coach of the Jets, right? Yeah. And he's uh-huh. talking about um, Brian Kelly and how he was on the staff with Matt LaFleur, now the Packers head coach, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he tells a story about, you know, Brian Kelly has him over – to um, a, a, at a party at the house, he thought he was going. They're low-level coaching assistants, right? In their twenties, yeah. They're living in an apartment uh, with doesn't even have chairs around the kitchen table. Okay, there and we, we know go. those apartments. We've we've been in there. We've lived in Straight them. Straight bachelorhood. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, but I mean, I can't tell you how long I had a I had a pool table as my dining room table. Oh, did you? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, nothing was eaten on it, but it was a pool table. It was like in my dining room. So I was like, I'm not going to have a group of people at my house. I'm like, you know, if you want to eat, you know, go to the bar counter right by the kitchen. You know, I'm like, we're not sitting down. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making a four-course meal, you know, or anything. For Thanksgiving, I'm going to other people's houses. So why do I need a, a dining table and chairs? It's just a waste of space. <laughs> All right. Keep that in mind. All right. So you got Robert Sell and, and Matt LaFleur. Yeah. All right. These two prominent NFL head coaches now. And <laughs> they're working for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. So you got the, uh, okay, come over to the house and uh, or wherever. And they're parking cars and shoveling snow. <laughs> That's They Stri- thought they were being invited to a party. And here they are. <laughs> They're the Cabana Straight Boys. Coming to America style. I mean, that, that's the Coming to America movie right there, right? Yeah. Simi and Prince Akeem. Hey, I'm having a little get-together at the house. Why don't you stop on by? And then next thing you know, they've got red jackets on. They're, they're valet parking and serving drinks to everybody. Can you imagine that? Oh, my, oh my goodness. Like straight out of a movie. You hear, you hear some things about Brian Kelly. And uh, he just bolted to LSU. You know what I mean? He's got the big contract there. After dirty, yeah, dirty, yeah. slimy. I, I don't like it. No, I. You know this. This is really getting. I don't know. You watch his career and you hear the way he he's treated people. It's a shame. It's just a shame that you feel like you got to yeah. step all over people to get where you want. That's a, that's pitiful. Well, and, and 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 messed up those young kids' careers um, oh, and yeah. the rest of their season because when the college football playoff committee came out. They sternly said, like, you know, one of the criteria for our consideration for a team being in the playoff is availability of player of top level players and coaches, right? To make sure that you keep an even level of competition. Who else are you talking to but Notre Dame? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hence why they got moved to number six, and why whatever happens in front of them 
Notre Dame will not be in the college football playoff. Even if Oklahoma State loses and Alabama loses, they would be a natural one to go up there at the six hole. But now that's why they moved Oklahoma State up. All right. So, so it, all right. Now, now yeah. take that. Now, let's go back a few years because didn't Brian Kelly do the very same thing to what his last coaching stop? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> Before, yeah. before, yeah. before, yeah, before he went to Notre Dame. <laughs> before, yeah, I mean, wow, I, yeah. You talk about what? What is? I don't know. Karma, yeah. Karma. That's all just, I got to say. Wolf karma. My karma goodness, come back. that's just crazy stuff, man. I don't know. I you just that drives me crazy when you see people act like that. You know, yeah, it, it is okay. Yeah. So, uh, also. I also looked at this, and I had, I wanted to ask you about it. The Chiefs running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, was fined. Did you see this? 10300 bucks for when he scored a TD against the Cowboys on an option pitch. He takes the pitch from Mahomes. At the one, he points to a linebacker who's, you know, in a chase mode, coming down the line. Yeah. He just That's all he did. He pointed. It was, it was like a second, and it cost him $10,300. Can you believe that? That that that's where finding for the sake of finding sake gets ridiculous. Oh man! Like, I mean, I mean, I, I can't imagine a point. It's not. Did, did, I mean, which finger did he use? I believe it was his index. I believe I yes. Believe it, was, it was. I don't believe it was the third digit. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, right. Right. He, he he didn't make some explicable type of. Well, that's act. an interesting question, though. Is the thumb a digit? I guess. Yeah, I guess the, it, I, it's it kind is, of a, it yeah. Is, it, 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 the opposable thumbs allows us to close toilet seats, you know, as opposed to sure. Mr. Jinx. Okay, so then, know? yeah, I guess it would be a digit. Yeah, Because I think yeah, of I digits mean, it, as the, the four fingers, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has to be, right? Because that's, yeah. that's what completes the action, right? Yeah, because it it's digitized. Yeah, if you don't yeah. have a thumb, then you would have, you couldn't hold. You, you know, you I mean, it would be very for, difficult you, to hold. You don't say eight fingers and toes, do we? No. No, you're right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. It was just one of those things that, you know, you start to go, hmm. You know, it's yeah. like it's like it's like seven eleven. You know, what I mean, if it truly is a twenty four seven store, then why do they have locks on it? Eh, I don't know. You know, there's no. something to think about. Yeah. That's that heavy is, duty. That is. Yeah. That is. That, Sometimes I mean, you we, have we, these these moments in the morning where your brain's deep questions. Yeah, you just asking deep these questions. It's just a little deep there. So going back to class. Clyde Edward, Edwards Hilaire, he, he takes that pitch, he goes across, and he's at the one, and he just points at the linebacker, and it cost him 10300 Now, my first question is, all right, first of all, it, that's an expensive point. That's about as yeah. expensive a point as you're going to get. But yeah. what's up? I understand 10000 What's up with the 300 Is that like for shipping and handling fees or something like that? For yeah, the- I guess that covers like uh, FedEx um, Express Express <laughs> overnight packaging well or or maybe it's the fact that that's a 300 dollars charge for them having to charge you ten thousand. like you know you get the three percent charge on oh there you, know, you go credit cards you know it's like it's like well uh, even though we are taking this out of your check at net we're taking it out of your net gain to the check not the gross of your check we don't want taxes involved but we're still going to tax you on top of it for having to take it out of your check it's time it's time somebody in new york has to hit the button that that sends it to Kansas City, which then alerts the payroll department at Kansas City that they must also hit a button and input ten thousand, put three hundred in there, so we can split it between all of us. 
We don't we're pushing buttons, 10, right? Yeah, yeah, we're pushing buttons. Yeah, each button costs a hundred dollars. Three buttons pushed is a hundred dollars a push. I'm just saying, inflation. <laughs> exactly. You know, here's here's my suggestion. Okay, the next time you're going over the goal line, all you do point with an elbow. You can't be you yeah. can't be called pointing. You just remember. You know, we always used to in the in the meeting rooms. You'd say never it's a point. Flex taunt then. You know, it's but, a flex taunt. Well, yeah, exactly. But here's the here's the thing we used to do, because you always say, you know, you never point a finger at a teammate. You know, you don't throw them under the bus. Yeah. You don't, you know, like that. So we used to point with our elbows, because then you weren't technically throwing ah. the guy under the bus. So <laughs> as you go across the goal line, you can stick your elbow out like that, like you know, put your hand in the back of your head, point at the guy with your elbow, but they'll never know you're pointing at the guy. You're just like tapping the back yeah. of your helmet. But the, what is that? It, didn't Primetime do that? Didn't Primetime Oh, do, that's right. But he, did, he did that yeah, and, and moving it. Yeah, yeah, the waving it. Yeah, because he, he did it like 10 yards out. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> he would do the duck step or whatever that was. You know, yeah, the, the showboat. The, yeah. yeah, a little showboat <laughs> and stuff. But, uh, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, at least I could, you could appeal that. You know, $10,300, that's a lot of money. You know, if you just you point with maybe, your elbow. Maybe if he appeals it, he 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 gets back ten thousand, but he loses the three hundred in processing fees. <laughs> well, that's right, processing. Yeah, <laughs> because we have we have our button pushers that that have to be technically taken Listen, care of. Buttons got pushed. Somebody's got to pay. <laughs> somebody's got to pay when the buttons get pushed. <laughs> when the buttons get pushed, somebody's got to pay up. Oh, it's fantastic. Welcome, yeah, everybody, uh, to the locker room. We are having a lively discussion this morning. There are so yes. many things out there that, you know, I'm I'm excited about this coming week. You know, I woke up this morning. I'm like going, Gadzooks, what a great week to be a ball player, to have an incoming force like the Baltimore Ravens, to have that opportunity to challenge yourself, to meet an, an ultimate challenge, something that, that – I think all athletes, it just drives you. You know I mean? That's why you compete. That's why you get in sports. You know, you love yeah. to compete in various uh, things, you know, and, and to be able to be competitive in this opportunity to have, take the Baltimore Ravens down after that abysmal performance in Cincinnati. I mean, that that's, it says everything right there. Well, yeah. I mean, th- this is this is – if you are a competitor, this is the ultimate test in the AFC. You're going against the number one seed in the AFC, the number one in your division. It doesn't get any bigger, and they're coming to your place. Right. And they're not using the welcome mat to wipe their feet when they come in your stadium. I'm just going to tell you that right now. They're walking in, muddy boots, and they're about to just kick their feet up on your couch. like that. That's, that's what the Baltimore Ravens mentality is right now after watching the last three weeks of ball. Did you have a, a couch in your bachelor pad? You gotta oh, have a couch. Absolutely. Okay. Gotta have yeah. a couch. Gotta Couches have a are couch. they are nece- necessary. L shaped sectional. It was amazing. Okay. Yeah. You can sleep in any way. I, I sometimes slept into the L. I oh, did you? Like half my body this way, and then the, you know I make an L with my body. Well, you're you're a lot taller than me. That would be different. See me. I'm I'm one of those straight line guys. I got to be straight lined. Okay. If I if I okay. bend, then I, I have problems. It, it doesn't. Yeah. It's not yeah. comfortable. Yeah. No, I'm used to having to bend because nothing usually allows me to be straight line. Good point by you. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it, it was one of those things that just came natural. But this is what you've got: Lamar Jackson. You've got a rushing attack in the Baltimore Ravens, and and a pretty potent passing attack. But they're a run-first team that sets up their pass. Right. And you've got questions. Well, this is this is the chance to bow your neck out, 
right and and and, gr- and stick your feet in the dirt ball up your fist pound, yep. and pound somebody in the face <laughs> this is because that's what the game's going to be yep that's what this game's going to be yes you can say oh my gosh they're going to oh my god we got to worry about Hollywood Brown and we have to worry about you know Mark Andrews no no you have to worry about Lamar Jackson and yeah. guess what Lamar Jackson likes to do he likes to be mobile yes yes he wants to get you out in the RPOs but that's where contain comes in but b the, he wants to run the ball a lot of quarterback design run up the middle and a couple of naked boots where he gets where he gets out on the edge this team wants to run Devontae Freeman they want to put him in they want to put in big Patrick Ricard you know lineman junior he he didn't meet the height requirement, but he definitely meets the weight requirements to be an yes, offensive lineman. Yes, he does. <laughs> so you know this is an opportunity that yes, we've been reeling. People have been talking bad about us, but yet I haven't listened to it because I don't read newspaper clippings. <laughs> I don't I don't uh, subscribe to <laughs> social media antics and and stuff that's added me at me. I don't even added at me. You know, the, yeah, I don't know anyhow. those those squiggle lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, we'll just go with it. Um, I don't see any of that because I know what I need to do. And my job is I want to deliver pain. I am upset. The 24 hours have worn off. And guess what? My coach is still pissed. He didn't, he didn't subscribe to the 24 hour rule. (laughs) Coach Tomlin on Tuesday was like, nope, still sucks. We stunk it up. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So guess what? The rest of the team, you're going to feel my wrath for this week. And now it's time to go put up and shut up and go in there. And guess what? If anything else happens, I don't care if Lamar Jackson throws for 500 yards on this defense. But I don't want them to rush for 100-plus yards. <laughs> like, that was my mindset. Right. Listen, I am going to sell out on the run. Sorry, pass game. Sorry, DBs. You guys got to deal with it. Because all I'm doing is plugging holes and trying to hit guys with the with the ball in their hand in the backfield. That's what I'm trying to do if I'm a D lineman this week. That that's the mindset I have going into this game. I have to do. And if I'm an offensive lineman, guess what? Pound, pound, pound. We're going to run the football. Right. Because guess what? The best medicine for a team that's explosive as Baltimore is keep them on the bench, keep them on the sidelines, and be physical and consume time and chew up yards on the field of play. That is my mindset going in. So both trenches, you've been warned. When I'm on the sidelines stalking it up and down, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the line of scrimmage to get pushed back in the direction that you're supposed to be going. (laughs) That's it. That's it. it. Simple as that. That's what I want to see. I like that. You know, look, look at it. To me, in my mind, it's about getting after Lamar Jackson. It's getting after uh, Patrick Ricard because one of the things we'll talk about coming up, I love, I got to tell you, I love the way the Ravens use him in some unusual blocking schemes. I mean, they use, they use him as a seal block with the center, you know, like a backside guard. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, you don't see that. I've never seen that anywhere else, you no, know, using no. your fullback that- in conjunction with your center. That 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 that's that's like that's like airport traffic controller right there getting planes to land, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? It's like whoop whoop. Yeah, you're on runway two. You're going off on runway three. We're gonna do that right now. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break. Max is hotter than a two dollar pistol this morning. You must have had that's some. That's right. Oh, wait, you, are you a coffee drinker? I am not a coffee drinker, <sighs> but I do have but I do have something in a bolt cup. So does that count? (laughs) Indeed it does. (laughs) All right, we'll be back with more right after this. 
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, thank you so much for tuning in with us, folks. The number is 412-919-1316. We're going to get to the calls in a little bit here, but I got to... Max, one of the things I'm thinking about is I wake up today, right? I'm thinking to myself, besides all the couches in the dining room, pool table, that sort of thing, you know. uh, But, you know, I I, I look and go, oh, Henry Mondo has just been promoted on the depth chart, which Mike rarely does. He doesn't alter those depth charts very often at all, unless there's like a an injury or something like that. But Henry Mondu, all right, here this is this is literally the uh he's ahead of Isaiah Bugs now. This is literally the first day of the rest of your career. Think about this, Max. I mean, if you're Henry, we've watched Henry over the last several years. This guy is a, was a bubble boy. You know, he kept hanging in there, hanging in there. Reminds you a little bit of Chris Hoke, the great Chris Hoke yeah. in his seventeen and one record. Hokey, as, Hokey, Hokey bro, Hokey, Hokey bro. bro, and Hokey <laughs> yeah. bro will tell you he was seventeen and one when he started for Hamp. You know, I mean, the Steelers yeah. were seventeen and one. That's an impressive record, okay? But now we got Mondu, the great Henry Mondu. Do and he's got an opportunity. We've watched him fight. This guy, he scraps. He works hard. He has hung in there, yeah. gone practice squad, been cut, practice squad, elevated to the 53, back to the practice squad. This kid has worked really hard. And you look at it and you think, if I'm him, I got to be thinking, I'm looking at six games here, man. Six games. I got to make sure I am focused, ready to go, and, and absolutely locked in because this is the first day of the rest of my career. He's he's got where he wants to be. Now he's got to you know, you know how it is. You got to make yeah. it. Then you've got to make it again and again with each performance. Yeah, no. And that that's what you that's what every football player fights for is an opportunity. And that's what Henry Mondu has done. He has fought for the opportunity to be in this position. And that's one of the great things about sports. Those are the stories we kind of overlook at times. Right. Because in the middle of the fray and everything else. But he has an opportunity, like like we talk about, referencing Chris Hoke. Like, this is your chance to stand out. This is your chance to carve out your career um, in this league and to make something of it and to have that, quote-unquote, success story that we always talk about. You know, these are the hidden, the hidden stories behind the stories. Right. Is that there is a need. There's a, a very plausible and physical glaring gap in the defense. You now have an opportunity to go out there and take an opportunity. To take an opportunity and to not give it away. It's in your hands now. Now it's your job to clasp it and hold on for dear life. Because these chances don't come that often. And especially for a storage franchise like the Steelers, you know, just like Hokey, right? You know, always right. running that 17-1 record. It's... No, I've got an opportunity here to carve out my name and for my name to be in the, the the annals of the Steelers' history, and to say I was a starter. You know, yes, we're not. We're, when, when history tells its story, we say, nope, I was a starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, you got that. Now we could say, how long? How long, Henry? Yes. How long did you do it? I mean, that's the next step. So I'm happy for Henry and the opportunity because Isaiah Bugs had it. Yes, and he let it slip away. You know, he, he, you know, you can't be a turnstile. You can't sit there and try and freestyle things. You've got to stick within the system. The way a 3-4 works is you funnel everything to your backers. That's how the system works. All the plays get funneled to the backers. It doesn't get funneled to the D-lineman. D-lineman, hate to tell you this, if you come up for a 3-4, sorry, 
unless you're going to do Cam Hayward-type things and take the double team and throw them into the lap of the quarterback while making a sack and an interception <laughs> at the same time, not going to happen. Like, your job is to funnel to Joe Schobert, Devin Bush, you know, and the outside backers. That's your job. So if you can do that job, you will be known for a very long time. A guy like Casey Hampton, we know and love Casey because we're football players, but the rest of the world doesn't understand what Casey Hampton was and is. Casey Hampton was an immovable object. Right. And he allowed Larry Foote and James Ferrier to make tons of plays, to make 100-plus tackles apiece a year, and that, that was his reward, like an offensive lineman. My reward is the success of others. So if Henry can adopt that philosophy and understand, hey, I need to keep a guy off of my linebacker so he can make the play full speed, that's my job. If I do that, I'll be lauded by my teammates and anonymous to the, to the general public. That's what you aim for. You aim for that anonymity. And he's got that opportunity. It's right in front of him. I mean, yeah. hard work, you think about it, I don't know, th- the last three years, whatever it is, it's been, it's been one yeah. of those harrowing type experiences where you don't, are you in, are you out, are you going to be in a 53, are you going to be in the practice squad, are you off the practice squad and, and dangling out there nowhere land. You know, this is his opportunity to cement that. I'll, I'll give you another. Buddy Johnson. I'm Buddy Johnson, yeah. or I'm UG3, all right, Ulysses Gilbert. Yeah. All right, right now you got Robert Spillane has got a knee injury, all right, knee sprain. Okay, yeah. he's out, probably out for uh, a, a little while or something like that. But I'm, if I'm Buddy Johnson, I'm begging for a helmet. I'm begging for a helmet. Give me a helmet. I will show you I can do this. You know, whether I got – hey, I'll put me on the special teams. I will pay rent with the special teams work. But I'm telling you, I'm ready to go. I'd be begging you. You know, UG3, let me have a shot, man. I can do this. I can. You mean, I already got a helmet. This. Yes, you already on, got one. Put me on the field of first, second, and third <laughs> down, not fourth. Exactly. You know, not a kickoff. No, <laughs> put me in a meaningful down. Let me go out there. Let me heat, seek, and destroy. You know what I'm saying? No question. Like that's, what, that's what you have in front of you. And for Buddy Johnson, it's like, yeah, listen, I don't want you to leave my helmet on the south side every Saturday <laughs> when you pack up, right? You know what I'm saying? And take it right. over to Heinz Field. No, pack my helmet and my shoulder pads. In fact, I'll pack them for you and throw it on the back of the truck. You know what I'm saying? That's the mentality you have to have. At I this will point zip in the year. myself in the bag and pack myself to the Heinz Field. Yeah. Listen, I will sleep in the stadium the night before if that's what it takes. <laughs> I'll camp out. I'll camp out like I'm like I'm waiting for Beatles tickets. Okay. Yes, right. I, you know. It's never going to happen, but I'm there just in case. <laughs> right. No doubt about it. I mean, but that's yeah. that's the intensity that you've got to be able to bring to the forefront here. And I think that's exactly what Mike wants to do, wants to see, you know, who wants to play? Who wants to go out there and compete? Who wants to be able to put their best foot forward and have at it and show that you're capable of staying with this Pittsburgh Steeler franchise, that you can be a dependable uh, starter, uh, backup, whatever. This is your chance, your opportunity to be able to do that. And I, I got to believe in my heart that you know this is what coaches want to see, guys that want to come forward and say, hey, I can get this job done and I'll show you by my effort, not by my words. All right, I'm just right now using verbiage to be able to get my way, you know, into the conversation. But I, you know, it's my effort and my results and production that are going to show you that I'm I'm NFL capable. Yeah, exactly. This is this is the opportunity. This is the stage. We're setting it up. 4:25 at Heinz Field. Guess what? Perfect site opportunity and perfect viewing audience. Yes. In the, in the afternoon slate 
you're the main show outside of one other one that's going to be televised. But regionally, you're it. There's no competition. And you've got to go out there and show that you, that you A, want to be here, and, B, you deserve that job more than the other guy that you passed up. That's what no you've got to go out there and put on film and by your desire and by your actions. That's it. That's what it's come to because everything is still there. Now it's just a sense of desperation. There I need you to go. smell the desperation from the sidelines, guys. Yep. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be stalking up and down those sidelines. <laughs> I want Just like I can smell the buffalo chicken dip and popcorn and everything else and hot dogs, I want to smell desperation in the air. You, and you can smell the line. testosterone mixed with the desperation. That's it. it you exactly. Got, you exactly. Got it. It's, it's like blood, dirt mixed with the scent of, you know, B.O. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that's good, that's, that's, that's what you want to smell. Yeah, you it's know, a good mixture. I always th- <laughs> I thought of it this way. You know, uh, I was I was reading, uh, watching a documentary about uh, some of the pyramids that were built in South America, okay? And, you know, yeah. you're looking and going, how did they get these granite blocks up the ramp and everything else? And one of the things that the, the that, that has been uh, suggested is the, the – the process of desperation, okay? And that comes from, well, you got 500 guys, um, and you're going to move this block up the, the ramp, right? Well, the 500 yeah. couldn't move it. So then um, you remove 100 uh, by whatever, you know, it's it was brutal back yeah. then, right? So We're you not going to say what happened. Yeah, there was a ditch, it's, and, yeah, it, and it got filled. Okay. <laughs> so then you got 400, right? And it still didn't get moved. They take it down to, somebody said it was down to like 250. But 250 moved what 500 couldn't because there's an intensity and a desperation about getting the job done. And that's the same sort of mindset I'm thinking about. You've got to have that sort of intensity, that desperation, not panic. You can't be panicked. But you have to have that intensity and, and intent and desire and desperate um, mental RPMs flowing in your gorge so that if you're on the kickoff, come 425, uh, you know, the Steelers uh, kick the ball off or something like that, you got to be L3 and be a howitzer. You know, if you are out there and the Ravens come out and they, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're playing you're in the nose tackle, you got to hold your point and you got to come off and make a play at some point. I mean, look at Derek Tuska, uh, uh, Taco Charlton. How many opportunities are left in your NFL career? You're talking about, yeah. right? We're talking six games right now. You've been at other, other stops. You know, most of the time you never got an opportunity, I would imagine, to, to string together a number of games where you can contribute. Well, you're getting it now. This is it. It's right in front of you. And will you grasp yeah. it? There is no tomorrow. That's all it is. Rocky, there is, there no, is tomorrow. no tomorrow. That's right. That's right. Listen, listen, or if we have to adopt the Spart the, the Spartan phrase, hey, come back with your shield or on it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, that that that's what needs to be done. Uh, come Sunday afternoon. That's the level of intensity. That's the level of focus. That's the level of desire. That's the level of desperation. That's the level of action that is needed. That is required. It's no longer an option. It's required. <laughs> yes. And, of course, we're yeah. speaking with the pyramids and everything else metaphorically. Yeah. Okay. Metaphorically, but, yes. yes. There's no pyramid. But, you know, you yeah. know. You, hey, listen. Listen. They were built, though. Yeah, they, they were, were built. built. Hey, you got something to reference. There's, <laughs> that's a reference point It's for there. You. It's there, guys. <laughs> Just say it. It has been done. There's a precedent here. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no doubt about it. But if they can capture and embody that sort of intensity and spirit, um, there, there's no telling what you can do. Look, I go back to when we lost 51 nothing. I know I've, I've said this over and over, but 89, 51 nothing, lost at Cincinnati, 41, 42 to 10, whatever it was. Um, but we beat the Vikings in game three. And then we went on to come within one drop pass of the AFC championship. Look, this can be done. You know, it doesn't take a whole season to turn around a, a season that's going off the rails. It takes one game, one game where everybody puts together their best efforts and believes you can get the job done and come out and do it. Trust well, me, and, this has been done before. You know, and, and here's the thing. You're already in the top 1%. I keep saying that. So you're good enough to make it into the league. Yeah. And you're show me why you're good enough to stay in said league. Yeah. That's it. You know, it's like I always tell people, it's one thing to get there. It's another thing altogether to stay there. Very difficult. All right, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we will be taking calls. And we're, at 11 o'clock, we've got Jim Wexel joining us from Steel City Insider. And uh, other than that, we're going to be doing taking calls and having a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Last week, Heinz Ward was named as a Pro Football Hall of Fame semi-finalist uh, there, Max. This is the uh, sixth straight year that he's gotten this far in the uh, selection process. Very interesting stuff. You know, I, you think about the huge uh, number of Steelers. Well, five Steelers went to the Hall of Fame last year. But you know what? I believe, I truly believe Heinz should be in the Hall of Fame. No question about it in my mind. What say you? I say the same thing. Uh, I think he should be, um, and I don't know why he's not. So I, It's I like Fanica, you know? Yeah, it's like if you redefine the game, if they change the game for you, that, that should be a shoe-in. That should be enough. Um, and what Heinz Ward brought to the wide receiver position, let, let's just say there's a reason why he was feared. And there's a reason why they had to change the way that you stock block. And the fact that Hines was looked at by some of the greats that are already in that Hall of Fame, right? they were nervous when they were on the same field as him. Absolutely. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't get any better than that. The fearless Ray Lewis <laughs> had his head on a swivel and was scared and would run away from Hines Ward on the football field. How about the just, mad backer, Bart Scott? Threatened oh, to yeah. kill him that one time. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. because so, what happens when the when the hunter becomes the hunted, all of a sudden all bets are off. You know, it's a totally different yeah. thing. And when Hines yeah, exactly. was out there, you had to know where Hines was. Yeah, exactly. So that so that's exactly what you need to, you need to be worrying about is hey, um, <clears throat> hey, did you guys know that this guy eighty six is. Uh, is out here. When you're a linebacker complaining to the referee about a wide receiver, right. that lets us know that you know what? <laughs> yeah, that is um that, that that's not good for you. That's not good for your career. 
Think about this. Now, Heinz, he had 1,000 receptions, 12,083 yards, 85 TDs, 14 years, two Super Bowls, and a Super Bowl MVP. That was at Super Bowl 40. And, of course, he was a Steelers Hall of Honor uh, inductee in 2020. Now, you look at it and you say, all right, let's talk about the numbers. Well, he's 27th in all-time receiving yards, but he's in front of guys, Hall of Famers, like Michael Irvin, Don Maynard, and Calvin Johnson. He's 14th in receptions, but he's in front of Hall of Famers Randy Moss, Andre Reed, Steve Largent, and Art Monk, my old college teammate, Art Monk. All right? And Ward is also 16th in receiving touchdowns, but he's tied with Hall of Famers Lance Allworth and Paul Warfield. And I know that's, you know, some people say, well, it's, you know, the numbers are, hey, listen, man, those are those are competing numbers. But more than that, I mean, He's a two-time world champ. That says something, right? And an MVP. And, and, an MVP and a of one Super of Bowl MVP. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Those should th- that should speak loudly. You were the best person on the field that day at the top competition. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it doesn't get any higher right. than that. Yeah, you can go for season MVPs and all that other stuff. But listen, this dude was on the field. He was accounted for. And the dude made, made plays in the biggest game on the biggest stage when everybody in the world's watching and you came out and people said you were the best. You were the best on that field that day. No and question. And you came away as a winner. That, that, I mean, that speaks volumes. And I get, yes, you're log jammed and, you know, you can't let everybody in and you have to have, you know, these centennial super classes. But come on, there's some guys, I don't care what the jersey is and you're trying to keep the numbers fair so you have enough that have contributed. But – there's only been 55 of these Super Bowl MVPs. Right. Right. That says something in and of itself. That, that says something in and of itself. So why wouldn't you have those guys in consideration? Then you can go and check the other criteria and weigh up against it. But if it matches with other guys wearing that gold jacket that have those bronze busts in there, why not? Why not? Exactly. Like what, 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 what is it? I get you only have so many guys that you can pound the table on and you can bring to the table – but at the end of the day, he's been brought to the table multiple times since he's retired. And I don't see how you have to wait because, oh, my gosh, we put too many in the year before. No, if you're great, you're great. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just face it. Exactly you know, so. The other teams, hey, listen, sorry, you didn't do enough. You didn't do enough of your career to garner that ultimate goal. And, yes, it is a team game, but individual performance you have to say it. He got the MVP. He drove off in the Cadillac in Detroit. Oh, he did. You know what I'm saying? Yes. He he got he got the most valuable player award. That is that that should say something. And Hines has been that type of guy. And you change rules for him. Yeah. Bingo. You know, just like Mel Blunt, you change rules. Here's what Mike Tomlin had to say about it. He said he's got the hardware on his finger. He's a multiple time world champ. And that's a component of it, I think. But also, everybody who witnessed him play, they know that the style of play is above and beyond the statistical analysis. The nature in which he played, the way that he defined, redefined the p- position, he did things differently than others. His point of attack blocking was a weapon. He was a true weapon in that space. And there aren't a lot of stats that measure that. I agree. I mean, I think that's a perfect summary of who Heinz Ward was uh, for you guys, I mean, you played with him. You were there when he drove off in the Cadillac. I mean, did you get a ride in that thing, by the way? I, I never did. I you never, never got did. a ride in that. 
I never got a ride. In How do you not get a ride when, you know, you're out there, you're blocking away, you win the Super Bowl, dead gummit, you know, and, and now Hines gets, you know, the MVP, and he didn't even, like, take you around the block in the thing. Come on. No, no, no. I mean, yes. You know what? I, that, that's what you know. That's what I'm going to campaign for. Hines, give me a ride in your caddy. <laughs> we're going to have to get him on the show. That's what we got to do. Because we're going to yes. start a – we got to get Hines in the Hall of Fame like we were pumping for Donnie Shell. All right, we got to yes. get we got to get Hines going here, and we get him. Uh, just talk about it and keep talking about it. But we do need to understand why you didn't get a ride in that yeah, caddy. Exactly. I was on the field. I was on the field, Hines. Yeah, I blo- I, blo- I blocked on the L end around pass to you. How you about know? that? You know, I was there. I saw it. <laughs> I saw when you went in motion, and you and you took the entire secondary with you so that I could block Lofa Tatupu. To allow Willie Parker to have the longest run. I was there. I saw it. I was on the field. I felt you run behind me. I felt wind on my backside. You were running pretty fast. I felt that. Why you know? Just wanted a ride. Just maybe a ride. I didn't fit. Maybe I didn't fit. But you know what? Who cares? Who cares? You could have jammed in there. Come on. I could have squeezed it. Listen, if I fit in a Ford Fiesta, I could fit in a Cadillac, whatever that was. I can't remember what type of car it was. Exactly so. If you can, fit in if, that Ford Fiesta, man, you, you must have been like wearing that thing. Yeah, it, I mean, it did. It did feel like I was putting on a Halloween costume when I got in there. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to fit in costume. We're gonna have to get Hines in here because I think you know Hines. That's uh, you know, give him an opportunity to state his case. Hey, let's go to the phones because we got Ed in Cleveland. Ed, you're in the locker room, my friend. Hello, Ed. Hey, hey. Yeah, I'm here, guys. Good morning. How Good are morning. You? How are you? I, I, I just got a quick question for you. Maybe you guys can help. Maybe you can't. Uh, I, when I got up this morning, I tended to look at Instagram, and I looked at Instagram, and I seen something about Stefan Tuitt. And my question with you is that Stefan Tuitt, on that page that I looked at, it was he, he was a writer for some Cleveland, not Cleveland, excuse me, Pittsburgh area uh, uh site or something. I don't know. But it said that his knee was totally healed and he's mourning the loss of his brother is why he's not playing. Do you guys have anything on that or or is that maybe just false information being let out? You know, I don't know. I do not know. Yeah. Um, you know, we know that there was a he, he suffered some sort of injury. Uh, we also know that he suffered the, the loss of a beloved family member and uh, people react differently to these things. Right, I, I get that. I you get know? That. And my, my question, my, my, my other question was to you, both of you, is do you guys believe he'll ever play for Pittsburgh again knowing he's due $14 million next year? And is that why we were looking at Fletcher Cox? Yeah, you know, um, again, I can't answer that without knowing where he is and what's going on. You know, is it physical? Is it um Suffering uh, something, you know, more uh, emotional, I or is it a combination of the two things? I do know that the loss of stuff onto it has been huge and overwhelming because yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it has started a you know a cascade of problems running from the front end of that defense to the second level, uh, you know that that they have not been able to um, overcome. Well, you know, well, coincidentally, fifty five plays behind ninety one. Am I correct or am I wrong on that? That's what it seemed like. So I thought that was a little, yeah. you know, that 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 loss would help him maybe a little bit too. But no anyways, doubt that was about just it. My, my my only question, and I, I I'd hate to see that guy go. I love the guy, and 
I know everybody grieves differently, and I totally get that. I, I totally get with the grieving process. But me, as a man, I always would like to take out my grieving on the field where you're allowed to punch the guy in front of you. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I don't know. That's just me, and everybody's different. I understand that. Thanks, guys, for taking my Appreciate you, Chad. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Thanks. Max, did you have uh, anything to add to that, buddy? Because I don't know no. anything about with Stefan um, other than what's been reported. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been closed-lipped about the entire thing. And listen, you know, being it, <coughs> coming from that profession that deals with death and being a grief counselor, um, you know, you, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't speed that up. You can't tell anybody how to grieve um, is the one thing that I've, I've always learned from that. And, you know, sometimes it, it, it can be more than we know. There's a psychological component that has to be, um, you know, dealt with and completed a process. And, you know, we don't know how close that relationship is. I mean, you know, when you lose someone as close as a family member, it, it's tough to – you, you can't judge that. I mean, you right. know, if you lose a parent, you know, how does that affect you? Um, losing a sibling, how close were you as a sibling? You know, I can tell you that if, you know, if I lost my younger brother, I, I, would, be, I would be a mess. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I like, got gotcha. you. I mean, you know, and, and I don't know how I would deal with that. Yes, I would want to go take my frustrations out, uh, but I also don't want to have that blind rage. Because yeah. when you have that blind rage, that's when bad things can happen. Mm-hmm. For you or to you. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 or in how you compensate. If there's a healthy way to compensate, and there's an unhealthy way to compensate. You know, you know, you don't want to get it to the point where if you're going through that, you're still hurting you and, and it's not enough. And then next thing you know, you turn to something else mm-hmm. or you turn to something else and then you, you get down this spiral. So, you know, I can't I can't sit here and judge, you know, how somebody's grieving. Or, Nobody or can. How long it Nobody takes. Nobody can. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, listen, it, it was bad enough that he's not out there. Yeah, that's all. That's all, that's all, that's all I know. That's right. all I know. And, you know, I wish him the best. You know, yes, you are sorely missed. <laughs> Listen, Steph, if you're listening, you are sorely missed. <laughs> you are we greatly you, loved, but... brother. <laughs> yes, you are. You know? Yes. And, yes, you might have lost a brother, but trust me, you have, you still have 53 to 65 other brothers in that yeah. locker room that would love to, to, to be there for you. The lock um, arms just, with you in circle, yeah. yeah. No doubt exactly. about it. You're not alone in this. You're not alone you in know, this. If there's anything of, I can impart to them. One of the most beautiful th- moments I remember was when I lost my dad in training camp, during training camp. I think it was my third year in the league. And I remember Donnie Shell coming up and said, Greg, I would just want to – let's just go off side. I want to talk and pray with you. And he did. And what a great example and a great – moment for me to kind of uh, bond with Donnie and Donnie to share with me uh, love of Jesus and and what was going on. Um, it, w- it was tremendous. And that's what I think, you know, the wonderful thing about the locker room is you've got you've got your friends there. You've got your brotherhood there. You got the people that you line up with and, you know, you uh, uh, go out and get after it with and, and those sorts of things. There's never a better place to be than in the midst of, of the fellows like that because a true yeah. team locks arms in circles and supports, and that's what it's all about. So, indeed, you know. All right, we got coming up in the next hour, we've got Jim Wexel from Steel City Insider, and we will get into some 
wonderful conversation there, and I hope you'll stick with us. And right now, you're in the locker room with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.